Well, it is good to be back after a short diversion to Arizona. My uh, wife's mother uh, was retiring after many, many years of service with the same company. And um, family gathered in Arizona from all over the country and beyond. And it was quite a celebration. But I'm back, and it's good to be back. And it's such a pleasure to look out and see so many of you here this morning. Um, It's an interesting time. It's an interesting time to be a Christian. We all have days, I think, where we seem to be marking time. Not making anything that resembles forward progress. You ever have days like that? Seasons like that, maybe. Days when we seem to be stuck in the same old rut. Days when we wake up to the alarm clock pushing snooze once, twice, maybe even three times. Tired, not so much from the earliness of the hour, but more so because we know the day will be pretty much the same as it was yesterday and the day before and the day before that. Our routines tend to be, well, routine. Can't they? I see a lot of heads nodding. You, you know where I'm coming from with this. Even as people of faith, we can find ourselves bogged down in the repetitiveness of the everyday tasks that are set before us. As we set about to do the mission and ministry God calls each of us to in the world, we can sometimes be dragged down by the mundane, laborious tasks of everyday life. Now, many of you know that my daughter, Brittany, and her husband, Dane, have been missionaries for a number of years with the Assemblies of God Church. That's okay, we love them anyway. They recently returned from a two-year mission in Nepal, and they're about to embark on a domestic mission down in Edinburgh. Anybody ever been there? Edinburgh. Now, my daughter Brittany is kind of a chip off the old block in that she likes to write. And she wrote an article that speaks to this very thing that I'm talking about this morning. And I want to read just a few pieces of it. She says, we all have seasons that the Lord allows us to go through that are not necessarily difficult, though they can be, but maybe fail to reflect our idea of our ideal ministry. Now, bear in mind, we're all ministers of the faith. So we all have a ministry. So she's speaking to all of us here. She says, we want excitement. 
We want to and like to feel like we're busy and useful and needed. But sometimes the work that needs to be done, what God calls us to, is anything but. And sometimes we struggle to find how we fit in. How am I relevant in this place, in this ministry, in this circumstance? What exactly is my purpose? She says, I'm so grateful that we serve a God that grants us the freedom to come to him honestly and ask these kinds of questions. And that more often than not, he redirects our hearts and our minds to focusing simply on who he is. Do we trust his person? Do we trust him simply on the basis that his character tells us he is trustworthy? Now, I think she makes a good point here. When we begin to question our relevance, our purpose, the effectiveness of our mission and our ministry, even our very circumstances, God inevitably, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, directs our thoughts, our hearts back to him. If we will simply turn to him in prayer and worship. He does this, I think, because simply focusing on who he is relieves us of the burden. It shifts the burden from our relatively weak shoulders to his capable ones. Why is that? Well, it's because he is trustworthy. And he has promised that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Now, Brittany goes on in her article. She says, I think we all have similar seasons, just different variables. What I feel and wrestle with in this season of motherhood, particularly of young children, might be what someone else feels about their college classes, their schoolwork, or another about their job, their workplace. These are the unglamorous roads, the mundane and tedious everydays. The unglamorous roads, I like that description. The mundane and tedious everydays. We experience those, don't we? Of course we do. We're human. There are seasons of spiritual dryness. Seasons of what John of the Cross labeled the dark night of the soul. Where we feel isolated and untouched by the divine hand of God. Brittany continues. She says, I think a lot of times we allow ourselves to become disappointed with the work we are doing. Maybe it's because the newness of it has long worn off. Any of you in jobs that you've been in for a long, long time? 
and these days a long, long time could be three or four years. Maybe it's because the newness has long worn off and we've been doing the same thing for so long that we've just lost our excitement for it. We look at adventures our friends are having in some foreign and exciting place and our little bubble looks kind of blah and mundane in comparison. Because we aren't doing the big work, we begin to feel as though our work is insignificant and small or sometimes we fail to see that we are really doing any work at all. Having been on the other side of that, she says, there were parts of ministry in Nepal that were truly adventurous. And trust me, she says, I have stories. But even in the midst of trekking through the mountains, there were moments when we found ourselves wondering, what are we even doing here? So it occurs to me that if you can be bored, if you can feel ineffective on a mission trekking through the mountains of the Himalayas, then how much more so in Splendora, Texas and surrounding area can we feel like sometimes we're not being effective? Sometimes they would be looking at Facebook, she says, and all the things going on back home and all the things our friends were doing and think, wow, they're doing such big things for the kingdom. And it was true. But so were we, she says, even if it didn't always feel as though we were making much headway or much of an impact. I have to remind myself, too, that not all the things we are called to are for others. Some things we walk through are meant specifically for us. So whether it's a season of waiting, a season of transition, working a nine to five job, going to class every day, a season of I don't know what to do with my life, a season of having to step back or or adjust because of health reasons or needing to take care of small children, God does not waste our time or our circumstances. I think that's a comforting thought because in waiting, we learn patience and trust. In seeking after a paycheck, we better understand God's timing and provision. In times of hardship, we learn what our weaknesses are, and we see God's strength. In times of stress, we see what's truly in our hearts. Let me say that again. In times of stress, we see what's truly in our hearts. And in times of mourning, like Matt and Michelle are going through, We receive his comfort. 
Sometimes in our desire to simply feel relevant or useful, we make our own plans. They might come from good intentions and they might be good works, but they can often get in the way of what the Lord is trying to do. We become impatient and we assert ourselves into the seat of authority. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. We like to be in control, don't we? All too often we can't see the forest for the trees. In other words, we concern ourselves so much with the details that we fail to see the bigger picture. It's interesting because in her article, Brittany says that she was struggling to feel relevant. She felt lonely, disconnected, bored, unfulfilled, lacking purpose. And then she remembered that about this time a year ago, she was asking and praying for the Lord to give her a season of rest. Hello. And she says, I finally realized that my gracious and loving father gave it to me. Isn't that the way we are? We are in the thick of it. We're burning the candle at both ends, working overtime, going and doing and doing and going to the point where we pray for rest. And suddenly we have these periods of the mundane, tedious, everydays where nothing seems to be happening. And instead of looking to him and thanking him for a time of rest and reflection, we slip into that funk, that depression, that season of where are you, God? I have to tell you, that I have a word for you this morning. If you are in a mundane and tedious routine of the everyday, and the word is somewhat prophetic, the word is that there are times just ahead when we will long for the mundane everydays. As a missional church, as the body of the living Christ, we are about to be very busy. Souls will depend on us, on us, to know the truth about Jesus. People will look to us right here In this congregation, people will look to us to know the truth about Jesus. People will look to us for guidance and sustenance and sanctuary as the world outside spirals into chaos. 
Does that surprise you? Well, if you've read your Bible, it shouldn't surprise you at all. We will be busy as prayer warriors, as a royal priesthood, as ministers of the faith. We will get up each morning awakened not by an alarm clock, but by the urging of the Holy Spirit to get moving as witnesses to the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. Have you ever been woken up by the Holy Spirit? Have you ever been woken up by the Holy Spirit telling you, pray now. Seek my face now. If you haven't, it's coming. There will be no time to waste, no time to rest until he takes us home. Or he returns, whichever comes first. And don't think for a moment that this little congregation will be passed over in some way and allowed to recline in our sanctuary while the world spins by outside the walls. No, this congregation is now a mighty force for God. And it will rise to the purpose for which it has been ordained by Him to make disciples, to know Christ, and to make Christ known. So you see, my friends, the unglamorous roads and the tedious mundane everydays are the path God has placed before us to take us home and as many people as we can get to go with us. In our epistle for today, John tells us what home is. He writes in Revelation 21, And in the Spirit He carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. People will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And then in chapter 22, John says, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. 
Nothing accursed will be found there anymore. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. See, the mundane, tedious everydays are about to give way to the troubled, chaotic times. And we must be ready. The prize at the end of it, the glory we are promised if we are steadfast through these mundane present days, through the troubled times ahead, the glory is magnificent. The new Jerusalem promised in Revelation. But we must be ready. We must be ready. How do we get ready? We prepare ourselves by arming ourselves with the word. We spend time in Bible study. We come to Wednesday night Bible study. There's a plug. And we learn and discuss and learn and discuss until we are a mighty force of truth and knowledge ready to go out and lead people in this community to the Lord. Truth, knowledge. Truth and knowledge and a relationship with the living Christ. That's how we get ready. So Brittany writes, what about these unglamorous roads, these mundane everydays? 1 Corinthians 7, 17 says, Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned him and to which God has called him. Proverbs 16, 3 and 4 says, Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Whatever your work is, commit it to the Lord and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Lead the life the Lord has assigned you. In other words, don't concern yourself with the grass on the other side of the fence. Be faithful with the grass the Lord has assigned to you. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. I picture our lives like this, Brittany says. When we look back at our lives as a great landscape, we will see mountains. We will see valleys. But more than anything else, we will see miles and miles of flat, winding roads connecting all the peaks and the valleys. They seem insignificant until you realize that without the roads, you would never have reached the peaks and you would never have made it out of the valleys. And she closes her article, let's rejoice and be grateful for the sanctifying work 
of walking out our unglamorous roads. Let's remember that we are being prepared for the troubled times ahead and for the promise and the hope of the everlasting life to come. The unglamorous roads that Brittany speaks of lead to the road with the river of the water of life flowing down the middle that John speaks of in Revelation. That river flowing down the middle of the road with the tree of life on either side. It's leaves. Red leaves stained by the crimson blood of the Lamb. Leaves for the healing of the nations. His will be done. On earth, in splendor, as it is in heaven. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.